You are listening to the Her Money Matters Podcast, Episode 39. Welcome to the Her Money Matters Podcast, the podcast to help you take control of your finances. Join your host, motivational money coach, Jen Hemphill, as she shares with you practical, simple money insights and real-life stories by women like you. Let's get to it. Hello, this is Jen Hemphill, and welcome to yet another episode of the Her Money Matters podcast. I'm excited to have you tuning in today to today's show. I have to tell you, it's been such a fun and rewarding year so far this 2016. Our community over, our free community over on Facebook is growing and the ladies in there are just fabulous. It's just been a lot, lots of fun in there. So if you haven't joined us, it is a free group. You can do so, you can do so by going to jenhempill.com forward slash community. And that literally takes you to the Facebook group. You just click join and we'll be sure to add you. Also, it's a good idea to be in there or on my list uh, if you prefer, uh, because I will be starting to doing some short yet fun challenges, all of course, regarding uh, money topics. And so if you are in there, you will definitely be in the know. Or if you are already on my email list, you will definitely be notified. But it's always just um, even more fun over in the Facebook group because you get to connect with others versus just me in the email. So just wanted to make sure uh, to point that out. So today we've got a great guest and let me tell you what you're going to learn in today's episode. You're going to learn uh, what advice this guest sister gave her that has been huge for propelling a successful career in business. Uh, she is going to share why she defines herself as a hybrid versus a spender or a saver and is really interesting. And she's, all gonna, she's also going to talk about a pivotal life moment she had and why she has not looked back. And she, you are going to be the first to know, she's never talked about this, about what change her and her husband have made on how they manage their personal finances. So that's, that's going to be interesting. So let me go ahead and uh, share a little bit about uh, about Lynette Calfani Cox. She is the money, a money coach and is nationally known, is a nationally known personal finance expert. She's a speaker and a New York Times bestselling author who has written 12 money management books. Her latest book series is called College Secrets, which focuses on paying college for college without excessive student loan debt. So that sounds like a good one to get. Uh, she is the CEO of the moneycoach.net LLC, a financial education company serving corporations, nonprofits, and consumers. She has also appeared on the Steve Harvey Show, Oprah, Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, The Today Show, The Talk, and many more TV shows and news programs. What a resume right there, right? So let's go ahead and not delay and meet Lynette. Welcome, Lynette, to the Her Money Matters podcast. I am excited to have you here. 
Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes, we recently connected and met at FinCon, which is a conference for financial bloggers. But I think, honestly, it's evolved to so much more than that. And... I have to share with you, uh, Lynette, because this is just, it was just such a treat for me personally to meet you. Because when I began this journey, you don't know this, when I began this journey, I began thinking of a title of what people, you know, because you need to have some sort of title, right? Some kind of handle, Something, right? right. And uh, people didn't quite understand what, a, because my credentials as an AFC, an accredited financial counselor, and they always get right. it confused with financial planner. So I thought money coach. So naturally, I Googled it up. <laughs> and guess what came up first? <laughs> you. <laughs> so that's the first person that came up. And of course, naturally, I was curious, like, who is Lynette? And I saw all the accomplishments. And it was a little intimidating. Hello, you've been on Oprah. <laughs> but it was inspiring at the same time. And I knew, really, I knew that if you had this much impact and success, it definitely means there's opportunity out there. We know there's over 7 billion people in this world, which means that we need more people because we can't do it by ourselves uh, to help right. educate um, uh, people on finances. So on behalf of others that are in the same uh, area as I am and educating uh, people just thank you because you've kind of you've basically made a name uh, for us and pretty much put a baseline so I really really appreciate that I'm so honored for you to say that I, I really love what I do and I, I figure like oh wow it is going on like 20 years now <laughs> so it's been, it's it's been a fun ride and really I, I wouldn't I can't see myself doing anything else that is awesome. Well, are you ready to dive into these questions? I am indeed. Perfect. Well, we know how well accomplished you are, but I am really curious. Just something, tell us something interesting, unique, something that maybe not many people know about you. Something obviously that you'd be willing to share. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hmm. Um, oh, where do we start? <laughs> Um, and it doesn't have to be money related, right? Nope. It can be okay. anything. Okay. Um, well, one thing is that I am practically deathly afraid of thunder and lightning. Oh, I get you. <laughs> I don't know why. I mean, I do. It's like, boom, boom, you know, <laughs> it's like the, the heavens are just kind of raining down on you. But um, I'm, I'm trying to get past that. But I think when I was growing up in Southern California, it was like a big production. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother would be like, practically like, hide, get under the table or something. <laughs> and um, probably that, that probably didn't help. Right. <laughs> you know? So, but now I try to like keep it calm and just like when it's really, really super, just a lot of thunder and rain and hailstorms. And with my kids, I just try to be calm. I'm like, oh, you know, oh, that's just the thunder. And I'm trying to, inside, I'm panicking. Tell, talking to yourself. Exactly. So self-talk. So, no, so I hear I you. I really never tell anybody that. So, now we know. Now we know. Exactly. Well, Trust thanks. Me, I told another interviewer that. <laughs> Well, thanks for sharing that with us. We all have our thing. I know for me, it's heights and tsunamis. Um, there was one time where we thought we we're going to move to Hawaii. And I told my husband, people love Hawaii. And I love it as far as a very touristic place, a place to go um, visit right. and vacation. But to live there, just that th and I think it's part of it because I'm also have this claustrophobic 
uh, thing about me. So just the thought of the tsunami and just figuring out how am I going to save my family? And it just, it just doesn't work for me. So tsunamis and heights are just, for me, that's, that's the big thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. 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 So, well, I totally feel you because we all have our fears, right? We all have our phobias and some of them are rational, irrational, whatever. But the (laughs) the challenge is to kind of manage it and just like not let it control your whole, everything that you do. So absolutely. So I am curious, Lena, as the money coach, how did you grow up around money? I'd like to hear your money story. Sure. Well, I grew up in a household. Like I said, I was raised in Los Angeles. My parents were, were actually both from New York. Oh, okay. And yeah, my dad was a shoeshine man in Harlem. His father was a shoeshine man, and so was his father. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, very interesting and unique. Um, my dad decided, of all things, to become an actor, and that was the reason he moved to Los Angeles. I think if anybody wants to be an actor, it's like New York or L.A., right? (laughs) (laughs) New York probably wasn't cutting it. And uh, and it was like Hollywood, you know, at the time. So um, my parents came to California when I was about two years old. And um, my parents had five daughters, all girls together. And then, frankly, uh, one of my earliest memories in terms of growing up was about my parents arguing a lot about money. Mm. they, you know, my mother would basically say, oh, Michael, you know, you need to get a, a regular job. And because my father had all these shoe shine stands <laughs> at hotels, at, you know, outside of car washes. And my mother would say, oh, if, if it rains out here, you can't make money and just go, you know, work at Floorshine, the shoe store. <laughs> You'll be the manager there. And because he knew a lot about shoes and, and, he, and indeed he did. Uh-huh become the manager there, but he was just miserable. Mm. So um, he ultimately quit. Um, But I really kind of grew up um, seeing a lot of scrimping, saving, uh, the bare little bit that my family had. When my parents divorced, I was about seven years old. And, um, you know, my mom had to mostly, from a financial perspective, uh, perspective raised us by herself. Mm. My dad was still around and we always saw him and, you know, a couple of my sisters lived back and forth with the, the two of them, et cetera. But, you know, I just definitely grew up in a household where it was always like robbing Peter to pay Paul. I just remember seeing my mother fretting and sitting at the table and worrying about what she called doing her budget, which was essentially trying to figure out which bills she could afford to pay and which ones would have to just wait. Right, right. I so, hear that. Um, so, you know, I kind of feel like part of what I learned or what I, the message that I got, I just thought everybody was pretty much broken in debt and and uh, and not really able to save and, and kind of get ahead. Um, but, you know, obviously I, I did grow up and, and, and learn that that's not the, the proper way. That's not the only way, certainly. Um, but it took me a long, 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 long time to, to, to kind of work through you know, my own financial challenges, which kind of been pretty um, upfront and talking about. Right. Now, tell us as far as did that influence for you to become a a money coach? I mean, what inspired you to uh, in this direction? I can't say that um, my early childhood or upbringing influenced me to become a money coach, although I can credit my father, I would say, largely with my decision to become an entrepreneur, um, I sort of always just in the back of my head thought that that would be kind of cool to just do your own thing. 
Um, and my father taught me so many great things about the value of hard work and that all honest work is good work and not to judge people based on their titles or how much money they make or don't make, um, stuff like that. Um, but my father is very, very, very fiercely independent. I went through a, a long professional career, mostly working in financial journalism. Mm -hmm. And when I was downsized from my job as a Wall Street Journal reporter for CNBC, uh, in 2003, at first I was like, oh, this is not right. This is not fair. I thought I was supposed to have a contract. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. you know, I had a friend who remained on at the journal and she she kind of ever so gently said, well, Lynette, maybe this is an opportunity. And didn't you kind of always say that you maybe you want to start a business one day? And and I said, yeah, but on my own terms, not like this. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so um, but of course she was right. Thank you very much, Melanie Trotman. <laughs> you know? um, she was right. And I remember that to this day because um, my last day on air at CNBC was March 1st, 2003. And even though I did kind of lament and cry and, and fuss and whine and carry on a little bit about it for a very, very brief time in that same month, March 2003, that's when I started my business. And I haven't looked back. And it's, it's, it's worked out great um, that it's been uh, very successful, um, mostly with the help of my, my, my second husband, mm -hmm. my, my husband Earl. Um, and uh, it's you know great to have a partner that you work with in business that can kind of keep it all afloat. <laughs> so, so really, I would say, I guess, long story short, I, I, I sometimes teach people now that when you leave corporate America and kind of do your own thing, it's usually with, I either call it a feather or a baseball bat. <laughs> so the feather <laughs> like is the that. nice planned exit, and the going away party, but the baseball bat is like, bam, <laughs> bye. That is go. funny. That is so. funny. And it's crazy how the timing of that, because it was something that in the back of your mind, you, the independence that I, I think your father had a big influence on and just wanting to be an entrepreneur. So there was just no time like the present. Yeah. It so was, and then, you know, you kind of have to, sometimes right. you are cast into that sink or swim scenario. And in this case, I'm really, really happy to say it, it worked. Right. That's wonderful. Well, thanks for sharing that. And what would you say is the best money advice you've received? I think probably without question, the best money advice I've ever received uh, was from my sister, Debbie, Deborah Darrow. She she passed away, unfortunately, sorry, recently. Yeah, thank you. And, uh, you know, Debbie was such a wonderful person in so many regards. But um, she always told me two things, one of which is to know your value and your worth mm -hmm. and to always bring your A game. So she demanded excellence. And again, this was something that we learned in our household from our from both of our parents. Um, again, our, our parents, they never said to the five of us, the five girls, um, are you going to college? It was, which college will you be attending? Um, so right. all five of us did go to college and three of us, uh, including Debbie, we got graduate degrees and three of us became business owners. Um, my dad actually remarried, I should say, some uh, years later, and I had another si a sister, Tiffany. So there's really six girls. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I think that Debbie's advice helped me in so many regards in my career because it made me um, unapologetic, unashamed, and unafraid mm -hmm. to negotiate, to ask for what I was worth to know how to leverage my skill sets and to um, go after opportunities 
and to be financially rewarded for the attributes and the skills and the knowledge that I brought to the table. So um, that helped me in my career as a journalist when I was a, a Dow Jones reporter and a CNBC correspondent and Wall Street Journal reporter and et cetera. But it also has helped me tremendously in business over the past almost 13 years now. So um, from a financial perspective, knowing my worth and then being excellent at what I do, mm -hmm. kind of bringing my A game has really, really served me well. And I, I apply it in, in every uh, facet of my uh, financial, professional and personal life. That's beautiful. And that's definitely some great advice from your sister, because as women, you know, the value piece, you know, it in general. And of course, obviously, you don't you're not under this umbrella. But in general, some women just don't value their work as much. They're intimidated to negotiate a higher salary or to charge the prices that they're they're worth. Uh, right. So that's that is definitely a great piece of advice that your sister gave. Yep. And how about a favorite money quote? Hmm. Oh, there's a lot of great quotes about money. And does it sound too narcissistic if I say one of my own? No, <laughs> go for it. I'm really fond of telling people and frankly of reminding myself that there is no level of income that can't be outspent. So it doesn't matter if you make $20,000 a year, 200000 or $20 million. Uh, if you spend more than you earn, you'll always be broken in debt. Yeah. So the person who's making $20,000 a year but spending $30,000 a year or the person who's making 200000 but spending 300000 or the person who's making $20 million but spending $30 million, really they're all in the same boat. Right. So I just try to remind people, and indeed even myself, that it's not about, you know, making more money. It's about what you're doing with your money and largely about your spending habits. Mm -hmm. And indeed, there's no level of income that can't be outspent. So it's just a reminder to me and hopefully to others to be prudent in their choices with what they, what they do with money. I like that. That is a great quote. And how about, tell us, are you a saver or would you say you're a spender? Well, my husband would probably say I'm the spender of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think God plays like a cruel joke on us and always hooks up a, a purported spender with a saver, yes. and, you know, a hoarder with a splurger, you know, <laughs> a procrastinator with a, a planner and an organizer. <laughs> so um, in general, though, um, I think that I'm a saver, but relative to my husband who can squeeze a nickel out of anything, you know. <laughs> I'm probably the spender of the of the family. So, um, you know, I'm a hybrid and I've definitely acknowledged that part of the reason that I was in debt I had back in 2001, I had $100,000 in credit card debt. Um, this was, you know, obviously with my ex-husband and I took three years, I paid it all off and I, you know, never missed a single payment. And I wrote this book about getting out of debt called Zero Debt, The Ultimate Guide to Financial Freedom. And it went on to become a New York Times bestseller, et cetera. That's awesome. And I, again, I've been very honest in saying candidly that part of the reason that I was uh, in debt is that I was sort of a classic uh, overspender and a poor money manager. So sometimes you have to get away from that when you find that 
part of your money personality is rooted in childhood and in other factors where maybe you felt like, oh, I missed out on some things or I deserve it or, you know, or you want to splurge and give your kids certain things. I think I'm a little bit of um, a hybrid between the two. Um, You know, I sometimes talk about other money personalities overall. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. I would call myself most is a planner. That's really the the financial personality that fits me. Like I'm always trying to forecast into the future and think what's going to be a year from now, three years, five, ten years down the road. Um, And I try to govern my finances accordingly. Right. I love that. Now, you mentioned your husband. (laughs) I'm curious how you divvy up or how uh, are you the money manager in the home or do you divvy up um, your personal finance, taking care of your personal finances? How does that work in your household? Okay. So, Jen, I'm going to I'm going to let you in on something. And this is definitely the first time that I've told anybody this. And (laughs) and um, and frankly, because it's it's something new in our household that we're trying. Okay. so no, the short answer is no, I don't manage the money in our household in terms of being um, the one who actually pays the bills and and, um, does everything. Um, My husband, who's very excellent and good with money, as as am I does pretty much everything. So he, you know, he uses online banking uh, and he automates a lot of bills and pays things online and he uh, manages uh, most of the accounts. So we have mostly joint accounts. We have some separate accounts as well. But um, for the most part, um, he handles the household uh, finances, transactions, finances, and and which might surprise some people because they're like, "Oh wait, the money her husband does it." Yes, that's totally true. Now, um, this is our eight. Uh, well, we passed eight years of marriage, mm-hmm. and um, eight happy, good years, eight you know, loving years. And I, I tell everybody, anybody who knows me knows that I just brag all the time about my husband. <laughs> because I feel like, thank you, God, I got it right the second time around. You know, that's so, beautiful. Um, Thank you. And so, um, but uh, like every other couple, we have our uh, challenges with money. We have disagreements about money. We have um, uh, different approaches sometimes to to how things should be handled. And it's never, to be honest with you, it's it's never, there's no knockdown, drag out fights. There's no arguments or yelling like this. It's nothing like that at all. It's more strategic, it's more sometimes focus or priority or which comes first or, you know, things of that nature. So one of the things that we just started doing, my husband was so shocked that I told him this in the beginning of September. Uh-huh. So this is September, October, November. So this is the third month. I told him, I said, you know what, let's try something. And he said, what? I said, why don't you do everything in terms of the decision making? And he said, really? <laughs> and I said, yes. And I said, I trust in you 100%. I have faith in your financial skills and abilities. I know, obviously, you want the best for our family. and You're going to make good choices. And honestly, for most of what we're talking about or what we might have some disagreements about, there's no necessarily wrong answer. Um, it's more about 
priorities, as I mentioned, or, you know, which comes first, or if we're going to say here, here's a $10,000 check, how much are we going to put towards um, prepay our taxes? How much are we going to throw into our retirement savings? What are we going to put in savings? What are we going to put towards the bill? You know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So um, what we did, Jen, was that I told him, I said, we don't even have to have conversations about it. You go ahead and do whatever you want to do. At every level, whatever you want to throw into savings, whatever you want to put aside for taxes, whatever you want to pay towards bills, whatever you want to put in the 529 plans and and all of that. And um, honestly, it's been working beautifully. (laughs) Um, Now, let me be clear that I have not abdicated financial responsibility in the sense that my husband is a real tech geek. And I say that with all the love in the world because I <laughs> think that um, the geeks shall inherit the earth. Um, but uh, and, uh, he's a spreadsheet guy and I'm more of a pencil and paper and calculator person. But he gives me all these spreadsheets and shows me every account. And so I, I'm fully aware, as I had been before, right. I see all of our financial positions. I, I see the net worth numbers. I see everything. But in terms of the actual decisions, I said, you know what, just go in and decide whatever you want to do. Just just go ahead and do it. And so it's kind of been a little liberating. It's a, something new we tried, but it's kind of like we're both busy, frankly, and we, you know, a lot of we're like, OK, are we spending too much time and talking about all this? And and I think part of it is that because I am a money coach and I actually do like to talk about money. And so I'm, I'm like, I'll probably talk him to death, you know, <laughs> so, so I've, I've been on the phone with my mom and, and she's called me on one morning. I'm like, oh, I'm sleepy. I said, oh, Earl and I were up last night and just talking. And she was like, uh-huh, talking. And I said, no, 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 really? You know, just like <laughs> talking in the bed, like two or three in the morning, strategizing, going over business opportunities. And, and so sometimes because we live, breathe, eat and sleep this stuff, because this is our business and we both are co-owners, we're equal owners in our financial education company. And because as entrepreneurs, we're passionate about what we do and we teach this to our kids. This literally permeates every area of our life. So right. you don't see it. it's very fluid. We don't make clear delineations and say, now it's business time. Now it's personal time. Now it's family time. It's always sort of blended and mixed together. But yeah, I'm sure it's so. hard to to set the to set that. And it's interesting because I think you said a key point. I mean, every every couple is different how they manage their personal finances. But the key point that you mentioned is that you are both in the know. Even though he may be making the decisions, he shows you what's going on. And I think that is so key and that a lot of couples are lacking is just being, at least being in the know as to what's going on, the the money that came in, the money that came out, the net worth, those type of things are so important. And that was a key thing that I, that stuck out uh, from what you said, which I think is very important. Right. And not only that, I mean, he, because he's a person who's really good with data and spreadsheets, Mm -hmm. he likes to show me things and present it in a certain way, which is great because then we can always see a snapshot. We can track things over time. We can make adjustments on the fly. That helps. But also the way that we have our finances set up, we're both automatically in the know because we get email alerts like mm-hmm. for um, credit cards. If one of us is out um, and if he says, oh, I'm going to run down the street to Costco, if he also makes a stop at the bank or goes to Walmart or something, I'll see it because every transaction, we both get email alerts to see. So, you you know, you know, we're just constantly mm-hmm. tracking our spending and, you know, things of that nature. So, um, so, yes, he keeps me in the know, but then we also 
by way of sort of checks and balances Mm -hmm. through our financial accounts, we've set it up so that we're both fully informed about what's going on. Right. No, that's perfect. Perfect. How about your favorite money guru? Who is that? I mean, I feel like you're one in itself, but (laughs) who, who would you say? Oh, that's a good question. My favorite money guru. Ooh. I don't know that I have a favorite money guru. Um, You know, I can certainly talk about some of my influences and um, uh, like I remember reading David Bach, author of the Finish Rich series and uh, being very, very impacted by smart women finish rich, uh, smart couples finish rich and really liking his approach and style. And to this day, I still uh, admire his work. There's a lot in the entrepreneurship category, folks that I admire and, and, and I tend to read a lot. So I don't know if I would say a favorite, but I'm just kind of, I'm always picking up things and tidbits and learning things. I, you know, I like the idea of multiple streams of income. And mm-hmm. um, I recently read uh, Grant Cardone and uh, his book about 10. 10X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and just about taking it up a notch and, and just doing things at a bigger uh, level. And so I don't know if I would say I have a specific kind of financial or money guru. Um, and there's so many people in so many different spaces. Like there's some um, experts who just are in the college financing space and that somebody like a, a Mark Kantrowitz who I'm, I, I look at and say, wow, this guy just has numbers and data and information coming out of his head and out of his ears or whether it's somebody who's just kind of killing it on the topic of home ownership or mm-hmm. student loans or, you know, so I don't know. I wouldn't point to one in particular, but there's, I think there's a lot of people out there doing a lot of good work. And, and yeah. like you said at the, at the top, there's with all the billions of people in the world, we, we've, none of us can do all this. We, we've got a Herculean task. Yes. Yes, we public. do. And I know I had spoke with, I don't know if you're familiar with Denise Duffield Thomas, and she said something that, that struck me that was so, so very true is that, because when I asked her, it was, it was this question or a favorite money book, but it was just not about having a favorite, but it's basically um, at what stage or what phase in life she's in. And that's, you know, she may be going towards more of a personal development book or maybe a certain type of money book. Let's say she's trying to get out of debt or whatever the case be. So it was more on the phase and the stage of life that you're, that you're at. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And that, and you know what, it totally makes sense because Mm -hmm. it is like right now for me, I'm like, God, I have college on the brain, you know, right? So um, because my daughter has gone off to college and I'm prepping more for my son who's, um, you know, a sophomore in high school. And then my little one, she's nine years away from college. But again, I know the importance of planning. Yeah. So like I said, whether it's just for me personally, I I like, I, I love things that, propel me as an entrepreneur. So that's why I mentioned the 10X rule by Grant Cardone, but just other, you could just take anybody, I mean, uh, uh, not anybody, but, uh, um, you know, a host of people who um, help you to achieve whatever goal you need to in that particular time. And, and sometimes it evolves. And honestly, I mean, and again, this might sound crazy, but my husband is really one of the smartest and best money gurus that I know. Oh, that um, is so sweet. Our, our, I love that. Our friends, our friends call his sayings and expressions earlisms. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, and he comes up with, I mean, beauties. I mean, and I told him, I, I fell in love with him in part because um, not only because he was such a wonderful person and a good heart and, and all that, but um, 
just talking to him, he uses the most beautiful analogies and he, his, his way of speaking is you just get connected. So, um, but he does that a lot in money and and very practical ways as as well. He often gives me, believe it or not, a lot of ideas for the content and what I write. He's the one who told me, Oh, you should write a book about debt. You, if you write a book about debt, that'll become a a bestseller in New York Times. Now he was right. (laughs) Oh, now I have to meet Earl. Yes. I've met you. Now I have to meet your husband. (laughs) Yep. 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 My better half indeed. Oh, that's beautiful. So I'm not going to ask you about your favorite money book. So I'm going to phrase it as to the one that has had a big influence on you since I know you love to read. (laughs) Um, One that comes to mind right away. The first one. Well, that's why I mentioned David Bach, to be honest, Mm -hmm. when I said about um, smart women finish rich. I guess probably for me right now, when I read, I'm always looking for something that's new or different or the aha, insightful uh, thing. So like I like Seth Godin. Um, who just you know does a tremendous amount of work around marketing and branding and just sort of just such a thought leader in so many ways. But I love the dip, for example, which talked about you know kind of what is the phase that you're in? When should you quit and give up, or when should you push forward? And how do you recognize if you're in a cycle and you're if you kind of picture like a, a chart, you know, you're in a dip and it's right before things are about to turn up and get better. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of it is about investment, about time and effort and energy and what you're putting into something. So because sometimes you do something, you might launch a new project, a service or whatever, and then you see a great return or then it dips off. And then you think, OK, well, is this a cycle? Is this a market or should we focus our efforts and prioritize and look at stuff over here or elsewhere? Right. So, um you know, I don't know. Sometimes I'm reluctant to to, to say anyone because it seems like, you know, you might be favoring some of your even close friends who, you, who you've read. And, <laughs> no, and, no worries. You know, it so, all matters, so. Yeah. And you mentioned several. You've mentioned the David Bach books. You've mentioned Grant Cardone. You mentioned Seth Godin. So we'll, we'll go with that. So thank you so much for your time, Lynette. This has been fun. As you know, this podcast is about making money simple and taking control of it. So how would you finish this sentence? Her money matters because. Because no one is going to care more about your money than you do. Yes, that is beautiful. But thanks again, Lynette. I want you You're to tell so us welcome. where. Oh, sorry. I want you to tell us where is the best place for people to find you and learn more about you. They can visit my free financial advice blog, askthemoneycoach.com. And we've got probably almost 2,000 articles up there, my video content, and places where you can ask questions. Perfect. Well, I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. And Lena, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. I really appreciate your time. Of course. Appreciate you. Take care now. All right. Take care. Wasn't Lynette impressive? I hope that you enjoyed hearing our interview as much as I enjoyed chatting with her. Something that really stood out in my talk with Lynette was really that super, just really super strong union between her and her spouse. They were definitely a united front and 
It's no different when it came to the finances. And this is so huge for making a marriage stronger, a relationship stronger. So for those of you who are having a spouse or a significant other, like I said during the interview, it is so important for both of you to be in the know of what's going on uh, with the finances, to know the ca- to, to know the cash flow, to know when bills are paid, to know if they're uh paid automatically, if maybe some are paid manually, uh, to know exactly how much you have for groceries or for eating out, those type of things. It's, it's definitely important because it's obviously by knowing you're going to be able to make a better financial decision. So I just wanted to uh, reiterate that uh, in case you didn't catch it in the interview. So but let me tell you a little bit about my situation with my husband. So With my husband, we are definitely both in the know as far as what our financial goals are. And I take care of the money management. So I take care of the bills. I establish the budget. And I communicate those things to him saying, actually via email, (laughs) because even though I tell him he doesn't tend to have it in his, he has so much, his job is so demanding. It's just incredible how much brain space it takes. But uh, so I verbally communicate that to him, but I also email this to him. So he has it in front of him. This is uh, what our finances finances are looking like. Uh, This is what we have for groceries and eating out, those type of things. This is how much money we're putting away uh, every month, those type of things. Here's the thing why I do that. He, because as I mentioned, his job is so demanding, he doesn't want to honestly deal with it. He he trusts me. Fortunately, he does since I am his spouse, but he just, he doesn't want to add another thing to his brain. So that's how I do that portion as far as I just communicate that with him so he knows. And since we have our uh, money separated as far as like our daily expenses, uh, whether groceries, uh, eating out, those type of things, those are separated from the monthly bills, bills, all those things. Uh, the once that money is gone, it's gone. So it's, he's, he's aware, like I communicate, well, this is how much money is left. This is what else we need to do the uh, rest of the month. Um, so that way he is in the know. That's how I handle that because he doesn't want to know, but I have to somehow <laughs> let him know. Uh, and the other thing that I do plan on doing, um, because it's, I do manage the money and God forbid something happen. He needs to know, he needs to be able to pick off up, pick up, I can't talk today, where I left off. So I need to leave him some sort of instructions as far as like, this is, um, this is how I do the flow of the payments. Uh, These are automated, or maybe these are manual, whatever, all those things. So that's what I still need to do for me to feel at peace fully. So if you please, by all means, keep me accountable. And if that's something that you feel would be helpful to you as well, by all means do it because you just need to be prepared, right? We just never know we're not on earth forever. So we just need to be prepared and make it easier for our loved ones. 
So I just wanted to uh, share that uh, with you and let you in a little bit on my life so you know that I don't have it perfectly together. I'm still, you know, we're still a work in progress. So I wanted to make sure and share that with you. I also wanted to give a shout out to Amy. She is in our Her Money Matters free community over on Facebook. And she's a hardworking single mom. She works two jobs, not just one. She works two jobs. She's also an active participant in the group. She asks questions. She provides feedback. And what I really have loved about her is that she's not afraid to ask for help. And you can tell she's really got a strong desire to better her financial picture. Uh, So she has that freedom. So she has that one less thing uh, to worry about because she's busy, a, a a single mom with two little ones. So Amy, I'm really excited to have you in the community. And I can't wait to hear more from you and your progress. So that is a wrap. If you haven't joined us over in the Facebook group, I'll give you the link really quick one more time. It's jenhempill.com forward slash community. I want to thank Lynette for being uh, with us today, sharing all she shared today, being a wealth of information, uh, sharing her Uh, how she grew up with money. She just shared so much today. So be sure to check out the show notes on where to find Lynette and so much more at jenhempill.com forward slash 39. That is jenhempill.com forward slash 39. So thanks again for tuning in and I'll catch you next Thursday. Thursday.